Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. My name is Ben. It's Easter Sunday, the day before United go to play Hull City. Uh, joined, of course, we, we couldn't not do a podcast after uh, after Good Friday, I think. So, uh, yeah, joined, joined as always. It's Jay, Mr. Blaze Analytic. Now, uh, what, 29 years and a day? 28 years and a day? 29, 29. <laughs> Happy birthday for yesterday, mate. How you doing? Thank you very much. I'm good, mate. I am ecstatic. There's no way we were going to leave this weekend without talking about the events of Friday. Yeah, well, we haven't got long. It's going to be a, it's going to be a swift one, and obviously it's going to go out of date very quickly, but uh, I think it's still worthwhile. Um, yeah, I guess we're, we're, all, we're all feeling a lot better, I think. I mean, you know, I remember saying on last week's pod, what a difference a week makes from Preston to drawing with Birmingham, drawing with Millwall. And what a difference four hours makes, basically, on, on Good Friday. I mean, United put in a, a good performance, I thought, uh, get a fairly comfortable win against a, a poor Forest team that we, we talked about before, and they're a pretty poor team. Obviously, uh, had to play most of the second half with 10 men, which I think I would put United in the top three teams to uh, to play against 10 men, I think, like teams most likely to be successful against it. Um, yeah. And yeah, we definitely took care of business. But yeah, sun was shining. You know, we had a great goal from Duffy, a masterclass from McGoldrick, just just great to watch. Um, and I was like, yeah, feels good, back into second place, all right, only for half an hour probably. But, you know, it, it kind of washed away some of the negative feelings from Millwall, I thought. Um, and then I did not watch uh, Leeds and Wigan, and I was not really paying attention to it because I, I kind of got an inkling just from my notifications that something was happening. And eventually I had to watch the end of Soccer Saturday, uh, or whatever it was, Soccer Friday. I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. And, uh, you know, this may, may be egg on face in 24 hours' time when it all changes again. But, wow. I mean, what a, what a turn of events, both United and Leeds, I suppose. But, yeah, it's, you had a good day Friday, I gather. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was slightly inebriated. Um, I, I was obviously, uh, I, yeah, I was out for the birthday as well. So mm. we went, we went into the just, just uh, yeah, with bars around the city centre afterwards, and uh, it, the atmosphere was it was interesting because kind of you know, three o'clock's kicked off, lead scored early, and, and as they do now on Soccer Friday or Soccer Saturday, as it was, they they show the the highlights of the ODFL game, don't mm. they? So they show the goals and. You saw the penalty, and it wasn't a penalty. I don't know if anyone's seen it. The yeah, I, don't know I thought it just hit him in the chest, actually. Did hit him in the chest, absolutely. So he literally got sent off, and they got a penalty, and you're thinking, yep, that sums that up. Okay, move on. Bye-bye and goal then, difference advantage, potentially. Absolutely. And uh, I, that's, what, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking they're going to stick four or five past them. You yeah. know, 10 minutes in. And then they missed the penalty, so you think, okay, yeah, a bit of luck. Leeds go one up. Okay, again, write it off. And then just, you know... Having a good chat with some blades in the pub, and just having a laugh, and then just watching the, the goals just come in, and you know, listening to the commentary. And it was Lee Evans who set the first goal up, and it was Leon Clark who set the second up, and yeah. absolutely adored Leon's celebration as well. <laughs> yeah. That was not a celebration for just a Wigan goal. You could see that in his face. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe making more of that, but that you know, I'm done talking about them. It is what it is, but it was just a surreal day in that regard, wasn't it? Yeah, we, you know. We, We'd gone and done our job, and almost it was a write-off till Monday. Then, and then it really wasn't. Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, well, just what I don't want to talk about Leeds anymore because no, no, it's no, not no. a Leeds podcast. But I do just want to put this out there: Can you imagine if we'd been in that situation? If oh. we, if we had played against the worst away team in the EFL, and that's after they won that game, by the way. Um, 
who played with 10 men for 75 minutes, would miss the penalty, lost 2-1, and uh, both goals were created by ex-Sheffield United players. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> I, I think like half of Sheffield oh, wow. would have had to just turn off the internet for, uh, for 24 hours, I think. But yeah, let's, that didn't happen that way. So let's let's park that one. Let's talk Sheffield United. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought this was a good performance. It was it was getting back to what we want to see. Obviously, the red card did make a difference, but I thought that first half, that first half was much better than anything we saw against Millwall. And yeah, all right, it's different opponents, and you can maybe question the. I mean, Forest aren't really that much better than Millwall, to be honest. I don't think you know most of the uh-huh. advanced metrics back back that up. Go on, you're going to jump in there. Yeah, I, I just I just thought Forest were absolutely awful. They are one of these. Then there's quite a few teams in this division, and I guess in most divisions, but they don't have a strategy at all, do they? No. Beyond give it to Lolly and give hope he does Lolly. something. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he was the only one who looked even interested about playing. Yeah, to be honest, most of them didn't even. T- I mean, you could kind of sense it from the first minute when Colbock d- dove in the box, cleared yeah. dove. Yeah. You know, Mark Duffy doesn't tackle, <laughs> so you know, a clear dive to try and win a penalty. It was almost like they just weren't. Bothered, you know, yeah. they, they weren't tracking runners. They was they were woeful, and that kind of that's kind of why I put out on, on the Friday that I thought it was a pretty average performance because I thought we looked mm. better. You know, we did look better, but for long periods of that first half, we didn't really do anything. No, I, th- I thought we got into we got into dangerous situations quite well. You know, we had uh, a couple of free kicks that we worked really well. Stevens got into good crossing positions a couple of times and put in some good balls as well. There was. Uh, uh, McGoldrick headed one not far wide where Medine seemed to sort of misjudge it. Like he almost had a, a knock-in on the line, but it was like he lost it in the sun or something, ended up not getting anywhere near it. But yeah, I agree. Well, it wasn't vintage, but I thought it was much better than uh, than the last two games, certainly. And then obviously uh, McGoldrick gets us the, the red card um, in the second half. And then, you know, really? I, I was pretty comfortable thinking we're just going to win this quite handily, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about that red card then. So the, the, mood, the move that led to it was a... A great tackle in midfield by, um, uh, I think it's Craney actually wins it. Then Norwood, Norwood slides in and plays it forward. Medine lays it off. McGoldrick running at the defender was was never going to end well for the defender. And uh, yeah, he dives in, uh, brings him down. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see, well, obviously I was, I was at the game, so I didn't have benefit of replays. But for me, that was a pretty clear denial of a goal scoring opportunity. You know, there's there's no such thing as a last man. So if anyone's like, oh, there was somebody 30 yards away who was actually closer to the goal, well, it doesn't matter. McGoldrick was going to get a shot from about 12 yards. Whether he scores or not is is immaterial. It's a goal-scoring opportunity. So, yeah, I, I had a Norwich fan tweet me saying they didn't think there was much contact. But, I mean, does McGoldrick fall over if the defender doesn't dive in on him like that? Probably yeah, not. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he fell over outside the box is the other thing. It's not like he's trying to dive and win a penalty. So, yeah. I, I, do, you, do you agree with that? Pretty clear record? Yeah, I, I guess some people might call us biased, but I was in the cop, so I was banged behind it. Oh, right, and yeah, same. You could see that, yes, there wasn't much contact. I agree, he hasn't wiped him out, but by the fact that he's come in and McGoldrick's tied to avoid him, and he's then stumbled and gone over, the, the con, you know, the, the initiating, it's like the whole Stephen Gerrard intenting that happened to United in 2003, isn't it? He's clearly tried to take him out because McGoldrick's done him absolutely up like a kipper with the little drop of the shoulder. Mm. Um, you know, and I tell you what, I. The red card was the red card for me, but just just David McGoldrick, the pace that he showed in that little move. This, the, if you watch the highlights, most of them are McGoldrick running at the defence. I mean, he's he was so good, magical. He was uh, literally every time he touched the ball, and he has been like this for predominantly all the season, but especially the last month or so. 
he tries to do something that will affect the game in a positive manner. Yeah. You know, you know, I was going to say the odd one he did try on Saturday where it didn't quite work off, you know, a, t- a touch or a turn. And then the second half, you're thinking, OK, maybe he'll play it simple. And he did, a, he did a Cruyff turn that sold everyone in the crowd, never mind the pitch, for an absolute <laughs> dummy. Yeah. You know, and he just sent everyone the wrong way and then released Baldock down the right. And he was just... I can't get over how good he is. Yeah, he's brilliant. I mean, we, you know, we kind of talked about that need to have that bit of a bit of chaos somebody to do something a bit out of the ordinary and, you know he's trying to trying an overhead kick in the first half you know he's getting on on the end of crosses and through balls dropping off to pick it up running at defenders committing defenders I mean it's just great everything but score in that game and I don't know how he didn't because uh, uh, shortly after we took the lead yeah. um, Pantillamon produced a fantastic save which I actually thought McGoldrick was being fouled in as well but it was one of them yes. where if you yeah. get a shot you don't get a foul do you so yeah, great save by Pantillimon. But yeah, but before that, we actually had taken the lead uh, with Duffy. Great strike. What a fantastic strike. That, that was one of them, um, if you're on the cop, you probably had the same thing as me, where as soon as he hit it, I was like, that's in. Like, you're just yeah. from the, the arc of the ball. Pantillimon's, Pantillimon's, excuse me, is about seven foot six or something like that. But I thought, you're not getting that, mate. That is fizzing into the top corner. And uh, yeah, it was. I thought Duffy was, um, well, it, it was a little bit mixed, but again, I thought it was better. Which, Better. which you kind of expect if he's coming off, and you know this is his third game off that uh, sort of rogue Achilles injury, which came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, the, you know, first off, not so good. I didn't think, and there was one. Uh, Forrest basically only chance came from him. A pretty weak bit of play from him in midfield, where uh, I think it was Cash got it. Cash or Murphy, I can't remember which one, uh, and ran yeah. at the defence. Yeah, Cash gave it to Murphy, didn't he? Shot wide from about that, the edge. Of the that's right. Yeah, but second half, I mean, ten men again. He's just like. If the opposition has 10 men, just keep giving him the ball because he's just a, a magician with it. And yeah, uh, created a few chances, scored a great goal himself. And yeah, very, bodes very well for uh, for the last three games, I suppose. I suppose. Um, it got, I guess it got a little bit tense for a while, like just because we didn't get a second goal. But I mean, Forrest did nothing, did they? They it won, ah. won a couple of corners. I mean, they had that free kick on the left wing that uh, ended up going out for a throw in on the right wing, which <laughs> that was great. It was great. I basically summed up their performance, I think. Um, and then, yeah, we we got the, uh, the the killing goal, which meant we had a nice relaxed five or six minutes at the end, rather than uh, rather than what happened against Millwall. Um, it's come off a, a great tackle by Fleck, another McGoldrick run, and Stevens must have run 80 yards to get on the end of this, and a, a fantastic finish into the bottom corner. And yeah, just uh, it's great to see him starting to chip in with a couple of goals, and you know McGoldrick get, uh, gets the assist for all his kind of creative performance. So yeah, just a, a a much better performance. But yeah, I guess you know we're we're just at that stage now where the points are just so important. There's there's hardly any games left. Performances. You know, it's not going to matter if we scrape three wins from here on. No. It's just, just get over the line now, um, and the line is in sight. My only, my only, I suppose not, not even criticism, but my only negative about that performance was, yeah, all right, it wasn't, it wasn't amazing in the first half, but you're right, it was better, and it's hard, I think, sometimes to be good against the flat side as well, mm. you know, because there is, there is, there was really no intensity to the game, was there? We were trying to inject it, but yeah. there was nothing much coming back from them. Um, and they were just keeping possession for the sake of it for a lot of times. Yeah. But then I, I think my only criticism slightly was that drop off and before we got the second between mm. the first and the second. Then you were thinking, okay, these are ten men, and quite frankly, they they got no desire to come here and put really any effort in. But they did pin us back. But we we did we did help with that by dropping off probably too far because whenever we did go and press them high, like when McGoldrick and Duffy went and pressed them, we we won the ball. 
Mm. Frankly, uh, you know, when we turn defence into attack, which is probably the two goals that we scored off were from actually initiating a bit of contact and breaking at speed. Yeah. So that probably probably a frustration, but then again, it's it's a hot afternoon. It's the end of the season, so you know, could could flip that, couldn't we? And say actually, the boys were probably just playing intelligently, conserving energy. Quite yeah. frankly, I, I didn't like the substitution of Medine for Hogan. Um, I didn't like it at the time, and and it I, it coincided got, with that. Go on, sorry. Yeah, go on. Talk me around. Did you did okay? So I understood completely. I, I I'm not sure it worked, but I understood. In the sense that Medine isn't a goal scorer, he he is the target man we play to get the ball up to the final third too. If we can't mm. pass it through, and I think he did his job really well. I thought Gaz played decent, um, but what we needed at that point, I mean, there was a period where pretty much Forest were literally in their box for about ten minutes, yeah, and we were just hitting balls to the penalty box, but not high ones. They were those kind of predator type things, and that's where you need your, your fox in the box. Billy Sharp would have been perfect, but obviously we don't have him. So I think Hogan's the next best thing to a sharp. He's a penalty box striker with those quick little movements around the front of defenders. And I think that's what they were hoping for. You know, Baldock Duffy down the right-hand side, working opportunities, whipping one across the face of the front and maybe Hogan kind of getting on the end of it. He also, to be fair to him, he pressed well as well. Yeah. There's a couple of times the ball went back to Pantillimon and he isn't great with his feet and Hogan put him right under it and basically launched it out of play, which, you know, just, just takes any sting out of the game, doesn't it? Yeah, true. I just thought... I don't know. I, I thought we lost a bit of that, you know, just help us get up the pitch. Because as you say, yeah. Forest were starting to come on a bit, and we were we were getting pen, uh, penned in a little bit. But yeah, so I, personally, I wasn't too. I didn't think that one worked too well, even though, um, yeah, even though Medine was not like it wasn't incredible, but he was pretty good. I thought he was. He was, yeah. You know, he was a he was a nuisance, I guess, without creating too many chances himself or, you know, getting too many shots in on himself. But yeah, just uh, a, a good win, I think. And uh, yeah, it was a bit frustrating, as you say, with that. You could sort of say we overplayed a little bit with 10 men, I thought, um, particularly, yeah, particularly down the right. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I looked at Norwood's um, pass map and so much of it is concentrated in that sort of, um, yeah, almost the right wing. It was kind of bizarre, really. But I guess there's that, that over overplaying factor. I mean, I don't think Baldock was particularly good going forward, and you know, no. it's one of them. If you if you could just like swap Freeman for him, I know we don't play, we don't pick two, uh, we don't put a right wing back on the bench because you know Craney can double up there, or or even Lundstrom has ended up coming on and doing a job down the uh, right hand side as well. Uh, no. But yeah, I think Freeman would have had a field day with the amount of uh, the amount of ball that uh, Baldock was getting. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I guess it could. It was a little bit frustrating, I guess. But overall, I never really felt we're in any danger, to be honest. You know, oh no, we, we've shown all all season our defense is good. It's just that is there that moment of magic kind of thing that um, from Lolly who who did look pretty lively and you know mm. might, might be one to look at in the summer, regardless of what division we're in. I think. Yeah, I mean, you'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I guess that is dependent on league for us in terms of finances. But yeah, I like him. Good player. Mm. You know, direct isn't he? And, and, and like I say, breaks the chaos, breaks the system, if you will, because he just roams and he can carry as well. He can ball carry, which is good. I just, I, I had a, just a couple of final points for me on, on individuals as such, which was, I thought it was, without being an exceptional game, I thought John Fleck was very good. Yeah. And got stung in the tackle, put some nice crosses in and just tried to drive the game. Uh, I thought, that, like I say, we came down the right a lot, but the left looked more threatening. Yes, with Stevens, particularly in the first half. Yeah, like I say, yeah. Stevens, you know, was in, got some good crosses in. I think, uh, I think Fleck had the most chances created um, of any player. Yeah, and I think most tackles as well. Yeah, and he also had ninety-two point six percent pass pass accuracy, which is you know highest in the team. Takeaway, pretty much the centre half. So 
what you for John Fleck who plays probably a lot of final third passes rather than ones in the middle that's, I know we're playing 10 men but that's really good mm. and, and he had a decent amount of touches as well and I always feel that when Fleck has around about the same touches as Duffy mm. and they're kind of oh, Norwood's always going to have the most that's just how we work but if Fleck's kind of second or third on that list it, it just works a lot better yeah seems to be a much better performance so that was really good um, yeah cameo there from a youngster yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Shouting. you were going to mention uh, another player. I'll, I'll, I think. I'll just let I'll just let her go back upstairs and shut the door on that one. Right, <laughs> um, that's why we don't do them at home. Um, yeah, sorry. The other one was uh, just actually going to be um, Duffers as well. Right. Just more one for Duffers, which was obviously the goal was good, but as you said, just a, a slightly mixed display. But got a bit too much stick, especially in the crowd where I was sat. Um, you know the one where he lost in the first half at the ball you know quite quite central quite dangerous they broke every time he tried then to pass and pass and play there was a lot of you know why you just hit it and I get that there probably should have been a few more shots and a few more balls in the box but that's Duffy's job um, you know and I, I just yeah I, I think he's underappreciated at times Mark Duffy you know yeah. not, many, not many players in our team have the ability to do what he did on that goal just the no. way he over. I think him and McGoldrick are probably the only two so it's because uh, it, Norwood apparently can play 40-yard sh- pings, but he can't shoot. <laughs> he really can't. This he was, really uh, is becoming apparent. Yeah, he had a good one in the first half where I, th- I thought maybe it was going in, but ended up being quite a comfortable save. But yeah, everything else is like, yeah, mate, shooting from long range, it turns out it's actually really hard. Um, it, it, yeah, <laughs> even who, for good players. Who, who knew? But yeah, yeah no, I, I, overall professional performance. But I know, I know people are like, a good segue into Hull. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Pe- I don't know. There you go, mate. Yeah. Um, I, I know people have. Been, it is a tough game, and it, it is you know because Stoke's the last game of the season. Anything can happen. You would probably say it's our toughest fixture. They're, they're a decent side, and they're, yeah. they've got this really good home form. But I've actually looked into this because yeah. I, I thought, yeah, have I, you looked I did at as well? Yeah. So so I whole. Thought, uh, un- they haven't lost at home this year. I don't think it might be even go back further. That's right. Yeah. They also haven't played anyone good at home this year. So. They haven't lost at home in 12 home games, mm-hmm. but they've only played one top six side in that whole run, and that was Norwich, and they drew nil-nil on a Tuesday night. And I know a Norwich fan at work who went and said, pretty much, Daniel Fark had rested absolutely... Well, not just rested everyone. No one was really bothered because Norwich had a run of 10 games against the rest of the top six after that. Right. So they were pretty much just there to not lose. Um, yeah. So in 12 games unbeaten, they've only played one of the top six and their home record against the top 10 overall, they've only won one game at home against the current top 10 in the league. Right. They're not, I think sometimes records can be padded if you look over a six to eight game period. And yeah. I, mean, I did look at, they are the, I think they are the eighth best home team in the league. So, you know, they, they, are. they have taken care of business, but yeah, it's not as, uh, it's not as daunting as I first thought when somebody said, oh, they haven't lost at home for months. And uh, yeah, since they, since they beat Wednesday in January, which was, uh, yeah, I, I, they haven't played anyone, sorry, they haven't beaten anyone higher than they are, which is 11th, by the way. Yeah, you, exactly. Did you know that? Do you know Wednesday are uh, 11th in the league right now? I did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, you know, basically their, their run of uh, wins and draws at home includes Rotherham, Bolton, QPR, Millwall. Yeah, it's not it's not a, not a murderer's row, is it, of uh, great teams. So I'm not too worried about that. Although, as I say, yeah, they, they are the eighth best home team. So they're decent at home. You've got Nigel Adkins is always going to be motivated. We obviously lost a... A completely random game to them last year where we played like 
just absolutely terrible and that was the wilders like it almost felt like wilder was thrown in the towel with his uh maybe i've taken this bunch of players as far as i can kind of comments but yeah i i agree with you i think this is our, our toughest remaining game um and i also think if we win we're in such a good position you'd have I mean, to say if we win and i you know you can't label it because i'm done i'm done predicting this league now yeah there is no point there is no point but you would have to say if we win it's one foot, surely. With Ipswich to come, uh, you know, at home, you win that game and then and then Leeds, all all of the pressure is on them. They've got Brentford away, no gimme. They've got Filler at home, no gimme whatsoever. Uh, and then even if they were, were level points going into Stoke, you know, generally with the goal difference as it is now, especially because it's six. They'll need to rack but, them up, yeah. I mean, they'll need close to double figures probably. You would you would hope we're going to add a goal, you know, a goal or two. I mean, three points is the first thing, but you would hope with Ipswich home still to play as well, we're going to add a goal or two. So, you know, this is this is the key. This is the one. This I is think. the one because we we have to be ahead of Leeds going into the final game of the season. We do. Um, we do. Even, even if that's a head-on goal difference, because they play Ipswich last game of the season, and you know, I I, I know they just lost to Wigan, who who I said are the worst away team in the EFL. But <laughs> they're, they're, I, I fighting, think, they? they're yeah. fighting for something. Whereas yes. it's on. No, and they're terrible, um, as the league table shows. Um, yeah. yeah, the so only, we, the only other thing to say, I was going to say, is people seem to be really concerned as well. Hull, Hull camp, you know, they're a decent goal scoring team at home as well. But a, a decent start that, you know, just, just messing around today. So out of the whole league, Sheffield United has spent the least amount of minutes trailing. Yeah. No one, no one has. No one has got any amount of lower minutes trailing in games than we have. We, we are, and we've been leading the most as well. We are pretty much, if we score, we win. Okay. And we don't. <laughs> what often, have you done? Why did you say this? Well, and we don't often fall behind either. It sounds stupid because I know we've lost games and, and, and drawn games. We don't often fall behind either. It's just we're not that type of side. We, we might go ahead and draw, like we did at Birmingham, but we're not, yeah. we're not often behind. So. Serious, I don't know. Maybe it's Saturday, uh, Friday. Sorry, but I've got serious confidence. Serious confidence. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit wait and see, just because uh, you know, as much as Friday was a massive bonus in terms of what happens with Leeds, that it just makes you think, like, oh, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Um, so I'm, I'm trying to keep my powder slightly dry, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm quite excited because. It's such an opportunity, which I didn't. I didn't expect. I mean, look, I, I literally said, I think our automatic chances are gone last week after we drew Millwall, um, yep. and, I, and I stand by that. I think it was so unlikely because it needed something like Leeds losing at home to Wigan, I think, to turn it round. Because because I thought we will probably drop points in our last four games. Like we'll draw a game, which we may well do tomorrow. Um, but suddenly that that leeway has come back a little bit because. You know, as we all kind of think, maybe Leeds will have a difficult time at Brentford. Uh, they'll definitely have a difficult time against Villa because, uh, I mean, Villa might still be going for fourth. You know, regardless of like whether they'll have clinched the playoffs or not, I think they'll they'll think they can still chase down West Brom. So I don't think they'll be resting players either. And also, they were they were done by Leeds in an extremely frustrating manner in the uh, in the game at Villa Park. I don't know if you remember it. They, I think they were two 0 up with about ten minutes left and lost three two. So mm. I, w- I would hope they want to get some revenge for that one. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going tomorrow. So you know, sun's going to be out. Uh, it's it's our biggest game for a very, very, very long time, I think. I mean, you know, obviously we had a promotion a couple of years ago, but 
that be, there became a certain inevitability about that. I think down down the stretch, you know, Northampton away wasn't do or die or anything like that. It was it was just waiting to be sealed for a, a good few weeks, and then obviously we had like five or six games left. We just kept winning. So yeah, I don't know how far back you go. You might have to go back to like a playoff final um, before it gets to like have we had a bigger game. Um, and that's not to hoodoo it because obviously uh, playoff finals don't tend to go particularly well for us. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, you can probably tell I've got some nervous energy here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited um, because yeah, the prize if we win tomorrow is is right there for us, and I, what a prize! I, I couldn't couldn't agree more in terms of the enormity of the game. I think it'll be interesting tactically as well, just because Hull are, Hull are, are very much a side that are. I would say literally all about their wingers. Mm. Like there, there is there is nothing of real threat centrally. Jackson Irvine can play, he adds goals from midfield, but really it's all about Kajiki and Jared Bowen. Yeah. And what what they are exceptional at is exploiting pace. They score a lot of counter-attacking goals. They score a lot of goals where they get Kajiki or Bowen one-on-one and they pass a man and all of a sudden they're coming into the box. Now, there'll be some out there thinking, okay, we play with a win-back system, so that's a problem because the space may well be there to exploit. But that also means because we play three at the back, we play with covering centre-halves. Yeah. Now, with Basham out, most likely, that's going to be Craney and Jack O'Connell. We've already Jack O'Connell, without doubt, one of the best defenders in the league. We've already seen with Craney that he's as solid as they come. Yeah. If anything, he's probably one of our best defenders. As a of the- pure defender, yeah. Uh, do you see what do you know what I mean? Some of the snippets of just individual defending I've seen Craney do. Well, not many others in this league do. He's just brain is so good positionally, yeah. and I just think that that is the perfect. I won't say perfect game plan. I, I think it's the perfect kind of setup to play Hull if they're going to come on to you. Yeah. You've got two two guys there who can handle themselves one on one. He'll cover space well and Stearman will, will do that job fine. But Egan's back, isn't he? If he wants to be. Yeah, Egan, I, it's, it's a bit I, harsh I, on Stearman. I thought it was very very good. Yeah, it'd be interesting. That I'm sure we will play Egan because he has been yeah. one of our players of the season and Agreed. just generally overall. But yeah, Steers was. I'd have no issue at all if Steers played. So I just, I just think tactically we, we're okay there. I think when we beat them one nil, uh, it was a tight game. But yeah, it's pretty drab. I, yeah, I didn't feel like we got out of second gear. And yeah. you know, with, with what's riding on it, you would hope that we went and, and and won that midfield area. Really, where we should have the air, the, the middle dominance. I'll be interested to see the team selection because it's a quick turnaround. That's what I would say. Um, Which is why I kind of think maybe we conserved a bit of energy against Forest and dropped off a bit. Mm. I I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm sure that was in the players' mind. You know, one nil up, opposition 10 men with what's coming. It's it's a quick turnaround, especially for players like Duff who who don't really do that. So I'm almost expecting to see Kieran Dowell maybe start. Yeah. I thought he was good, actually, Dal, when he came on. That was the Kieran Dal I expected to see when we yeah, signed him. I think he had more touches in five minutes than Hogan did in uh, 20 odd, to be honest. Which, is, you know, that's, that's an unfair comparison. They're, they're like it, it, in different ways. It, but it, but it, it also speaks of what Dal did, got on the ball, you know, drove at the defence, that kind of thing. He did, mate. Yeah, he did. Exactly. Like, he beat some men, pace. He put in a good, great couple of like first, second touch balls and. Yeah, he was just asked the down I expected to see. Just creative. Looked dangerous, didn't he? And I, I, I thought he was up for it because obviously he was away at Forest last year on loan. So yeah, I, I, I kind of expect to see him because I think there will be space to exploit. Hull's season is pretty much over, so their only thing is beating us, which apparently their fans hate us. Yeah, no idea where that's come from. <laughs> I read Roy's view earlier and was like, 
uh hello <laughs> why do you hate us so much like you, you know you you beat us to get to an fa cup final which i thought was a, a pretty good natured uh a good natured occasion all round. you know they've been to the premier league a couple of times uh somebody uh, i think selly oak blade explained to me that uh we stopped them getting promoted in 1983 84 um well i don't know exactly what date it was but i would have been a maximum of four months old so uh yeah <laughs> it's a long way in the past that's a hell of a grudge to bear. And if that was the case, that you yeah. could bear a grudge for that long, Sheffield United wouldn't like anyone, really. <laughs> That's very true. Have, I mean, if, I guess I guess the only thing for us is we like Hull because, yes, we are this facetious. The whole Modi army thing when he stopped Wednesday going up many years ago. Yep. That I like Hull for that reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is as simple as that. So I will say, I mean, whenever we've played them, I've, I've never got a sense of that like dislike at all from their fans. It's always been like... You know, like we're playing, I don't know, just a normal team, Burton or QPR yeah. or someone. Like, okay, yeah, fine. I so, yeah, that's a surprise. I don't, I, I don't get it, but apparently there's needle. There's the old Adkins factor. I know we've already had that once and, and once at home, but a couple of times. Yeah, he's always going to be there, isn't it? Because it's the whole Adkins factor. And to be fair to him, he's done an amazing job at Hull. He has done well. Yeah, they, so, when he took over, they were in a right mess. And they still are behind the scenes. They really still are. He's going to lose all his best plays in the summer, but he's done a cracking job. And they are a good side, but I don't know. I just there's a real confidence about me that we know what their threats are. Yeah, we'll know how to deal with them. But it, it's very much like lads. This is the one, isn't it? Yeah. Go out there, go and win this at three o'clock, and then just everyone sit down and have a beer and watch Leeds at five fifteen. Because if we do win, uh, regardless of what Leeds do. The next Saturday, it's Ipswich at home. It's a 5.30 kickoff. Hopefully the sun's going to be shining. That has the potential to be a, a cracking afternoon and evening. Let's not, just, to, not to get too far ahead of myself. Well, let's just let's just put it this way. I, I am getting too far ahead of myself. Hypothetically, we might absolutely crumble tomorrow. Yeah. We might. But also, hypothetically, next Saturday, we could get promoted. It's true. But even if we did lose tomorrow, I mean... You know, I think we're in a better position than we were before Friday because Leeds have lost this completely random home game to yeah. a terrible team. And now they have the games that we said, those will be tricky. Those games are coming up. And if they win all three of them, or two of them, I suppose, with Ipswich on the last day, well done then, then fair play, yeah. And, uh, you know, they hope they'll be hoping we'll drop points. But, yeah, that's why I guess it's not a disaster. What I'm saying is it's not a disaster for us tomorrow. That anyone listening to that probably thinks, "What are you on about? Like you've you've completely reversed your. How can drawing with Millwall be a disaster, but uh, drawing with Hull not be a disaster? Because circumstances have changed, haven't they? Since then, yeah, it's the fixtures, isn't it? No one's saying that Leeds won't win those games, but you feel as though you feel as though the tide has turned a little bit. They may well pump up for it now and go and bast all three out there and it's up to us to win all three, but not only is it in our hands, they now have difficult games. Yeah. That is just fact. Um, and they do yeah. lose games. We've said this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? They, I mean, that was, I think that's seven losses this year. Is I said to you on the pod a couple of weeks ago, and I, I almost regretted it because then we went and bottled, say bottled it. We went and then lost our, our, our plot against Millwall and they went and won, but I, I they are flaky. They are flaky, and they're not. They don't have Billy Sharp. They don't have a high conversion rate striker. I mean, they created three point four six xG against Wigan. Yeah, thirty six shots, I think, wasn't it? Thirty six shots. Yeah, I mean, and they scored one, one goal. goal and missed the penalty. So they don't have a predatory high converting striker. They've got some quality players, and I'm sure Bamford can whip one in from thirty yards. But he's not a one chance, one man striker, yeah. and. They're coming up against games where they will create, but teams will create against them because Leeds allow you chances. 
They yeah. may well pre- they may well press high, but even Wigan showed if you play through the press or around it, you're in. Yeah, uh, and they're coming up against some players that can, so bring it basically. Yeah, let's uh, let's leave it there, mate. Let's not overthink this because uh, it's all going to be out of date, and we might sound like complete idiots in uh, in a little under twenty four hours time. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm as uh, I'm as upbeat as I've been for all the way through the season. I think just after Friday, just honestly, just from United winning, I left the ground being like, that was better. Sun was shining. Good performance, feel good factor was there. You know, the atmosphere was really good. I thought during the game, even when it was still nil nil, it was it was upbeat, it was loud. You know, it just just felt like whatever happens, we, we'll be in good nick for the playoffs because this team is still good and we can still beat other teams. So, yeah, yeah. we got the we got the bonus from Wigan. Cheers, Wigan. You owe us, by the way, after uh, getting us relegated from the Premier League. Although I accept that was a that was an us or them situation. Um, and yeah, so let's just. Uh, yeah, let's just see what happens tomorrow. It could be incredible. You and I could be be having a very giddy conversation on Tuesday, or we could be having a a level headed, let's not freak out kind of conversation. But let's let's see how it goes. I suppose. Any uh, any final thoughts? Because obviously, I want to get this one out as quickly as we can before it gets outdated. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Hey, regardless, I think we've learnt now ups and downs. It's coming in it. Just enjoy it. I, I, I'm not there tomorrow. I wish I was, but I know you are, and anyone else who's going you know you've earned it to be there clearly because you've obviously got the loyalty points and you're, you're brilliant fans for going but you're almost lucky to be there in a way if you know what I mean in a positive way it's it's uh, it's a game that most people want to be at because it could be the one as we've said so go yeah. and enjoy it and go and back them no matter what because driving them on could be a big thing in this yeah I can't wait. Whatever happens, I can't wait. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what indeed does happen. Right, mate. Uh, happy birthday once again for yesterday. Uh, and, yeah, I will, uh, I'll speak to you in a, a couple of days, no doubt. See you later, pal. Enjoy. Cheers, buddy. Thanks a lot.